but you've been so open and vulnerable about it and you've probably admitted that you're not perfect, right? Have you ever admitted that? I am I am the farthest <laughs> thing from perfect. I have multiple ex-wives who will confirm I mean, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like I assume you've admitted that you're not perfect. By the way, would it kill some people to say, you know what, everyone, I'm not perfect. Would it kill them to say that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there are some people that they'd never in a million years would, would admit that there's even one human aspect to them at all. You're listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast where experts share experiences and the latest thinking on mental health and psychology. Here's your host, Gabe Howard. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Gabe Howard, and calling in today, we have Dr. Scott Barry Kaufman. Dr. Kaufman is a professor at Columbia University and founder and director of the Center for Science of Human Potential. He's also the host of the number one psychology podcast in the world, The Psychology Podcast, and holds a PhD in cognitive psychology from Yale University. Dr. Kaufman, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Well, I'm very glad to have you on the show because I wanted to talk about human potential and self-actualization. Now, I've I've heard those phrases a lot over the past several years, but I, I want to be the first to admit I, I don't really understand them. And if I if I can be honest, I've I've sort of dismissed those concepts as as new aged or alternative. So can you explain <laughs> these concepts to us and share how they can actually be put to practical use? I'm trying to bring these words back, <laughs> Try bring them back. They were very popular <laughs> in the 60s, but uh, there are a lot of connotations with the hippy-dippy 60s and the, uh, you know, like, yeah, human potential is like dropping acid, right? Um, but uh, there's a lot of wisdom among uh, the humanistic psychologists that were very popular in the, in the, in the 60s. And uh, there's a language that they used, a whole vocabulary that really, I think, resonates with me more than some modern day psychology language. I mean, modern day psychology is so obsessed with things like happiness and achievement and peak performance. And I really liked the focus back in the day on personal growth and creativity and humanitarian concern and existential connection. <laughs> you like being connected to yourself, um, authenticity, um, the, the, the word, the, the, the language goes on and on, but, um, the list goes on and on, but, um, it's sort of a, an adjacent set of things. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just very being oriented and, and very uh, much about helping people through the journey as opposed to being so obsessed with the outcome. I'm really surprised to hear you say that you want to bring back concept from the sixties because you and I are the same age and, and we weren't alive in the sixties. What connected you to the terminology of the sixties and the, and the self-awareness of the sixties so much so that, that you want to bring it back. That's a good point. I mean, I don't, I don't think I, you know, need to live in the, in, in other timeframes to appreciate things that, that, uh, past periods in humanity had, um, the language that was used then the focus on creativity and personal growth, just for some reason resonates with my being. It resonates with, well, what I, I also think it, it's, it's very much in line with um, what it means to be human. And I just keep going back in my work to human-centered approaches to everything, to, to education, to the workplace, um, to even, I'm also working on healthcare. Uh, what does a human-centered approach to healthcare look like? So um, for some reason, whenever a language really starts to sound really 
fundamentally human, I, I get a little bit excited. Is that weird? I, I don't think that's weird at all. <laughs> I, I, I think what's weird is that we, we got away from human center. Oh yeah. One of the things that I hear a lot is like outcome oriented or what are your goals or what do you want yeah. to achieve or where do you want to end up? And I, I, I'm not trying to you know, throw those concepts entirely out the window as, as, as bad. I'm not trying to set up a, a good or bad. I'm just, I, I am trying to set up a kind of a, you know, the best way that I can explain it, Dr. Kaufman, I, I have the saying that the best coping skill in the world is the one that works for you and does no damage because everybody's trying to decide what are good coping skills? What are good coping skills? Well, the ones that work for you and do no damage. So the, the, these concepts and these words, I'm sort of landing on the best concepts and the best words are the ones that resonate with the person that you're trying to help to get you where you want to go versus this ultra focus on, are you there yet? Oh, wow. What a great point. I mean, there's a real debate in the, in the psychotherapy field, almost a division right now. And we don't need to go too deep into this rabbit hole, hopefully. But, uh, the point I want to make is there is this real big rift that's happening where there, there would be a third category to what you're saying. And that's, is it true? Is it a true belief or is it an irrational or, or irrational belief? It sounds like you're saying without that third one's not so important for you. So if the client has a belief that is not objectively true, um, but it helps them cope, you'd be okay with that? Is that what you're saying? I mean, to, to a point, I, I, I think that's, you know, the, the devil very much is in the details, right? Ain't that uh, the truth? Yeah. But I think that I do think that sometimes that we get too focused on any one thing. If we stick with truth for a moment, just to answer, I want to answer your question. I don't want to dodge it. And it sounds exactly like I'm dodging it right now. But if somebody told me that their coping skill was they hug this stuffed animal and the, the stuffed animal provides them comfort because through the stuffed animal is, a, is, is their dead relative speaking through the stuffed animal. Now, I don't believe that. I don't think that it is objectively true. Uh, there's many people probably hearing that as like, well, it's a reminder of it's not actually your debt, but I would be okay with that. I would be absolutely mm. okay with saying, yeah, yeah, that that's a great coping skill. You should, you should carry that stuffed animal everywhere. But some people would be like, well, no, you have to explain to them that their dead relative doesn't live in that. I, I think that is wrong. Now we can did you get, watch the, did you watch the TV show, uh, servant? M, M. Night Shyamalan, Servant, it's all about that, <laughs> pretty much. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, 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 and things go disastrously wrong when when she uh, believes too much in, in it, but anyway. <laughs> it, it sounds sort of like Chucky, like an update of Chucky. Remember the Chucky doll, the, the serial killer lived inside yeah. the doll, and nobody believed the, the, well, the child at first, and then... Uh, you know, the, the, the horror movie. I definitely, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies. I love horror movies, but, um, yeah, me too. But this, uh, but servant, uh, you know, it, the, the mother, um, accidentally kills her, her, her kid in the car and they, and they, uh, she won't believe that it's dead and, and to help her cope with it, the husband buys a doll of the child and puts it in the crib and she believes that the doll is really the child. It's an interesting premise. And it helps her cope. Yeah, that does help her cope. But is it too far? There's a difference between being comforted by something that reminds you of memories or that you believe perhaps in the afterlife somebody is speaking to you or working through you. There's a lot of uh, uh, religions that that do believe that. 
you know, your, your, your past relatives can, can speak to you. You know, we have the whole pennies from heaven concept, for yeah. example, yeah. but believing that the doll is actually your child. No, that would be too far. Is this what makes it difficult to inform your work? This idea that there's just, nobody can give you a straight answer on anything. <laughs> Cause I, I just noticed that I did that. You asked me a, a very specific yes, no question. And I, I gave you this long story that involved two Hollywood movies. <laughs> well, I'm definitely okay with nuance and the gray zone. I, I, I prefer that zone, actually. Um, people who give me confident answers to complex questions uh, scare me. Dr. Kaufman, they scare me as well, but but I, I'm not a practitioner, right? I'm not a researcher. I just It seems like people in your position stereotypically want scientific answers. Yes, no, black, mm. white. Whereas people in my position, the stereotypical patient, we we do sort of hang out in the gray area in the nuance. And I, I think this is one of the reasons that we clash. It's one of the reasons I'm so fascinated by you because y- mm. you are a bit of a unicorn in this field. <laughs> I, I like it, but, but what led to it? You were trained in in the same places that everybody else is trained. I mean, you were, you were trained at Yale for Pete's sake. It, 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 it's you, you mentioned the phrase, it sounds very hippy-dippy, and in, in many ways that it does. And, and one of the reasons that phrase is caught on is because people decided that the people coming up with these concepts were uneducated and and, and often less than, and they othered them very well. But we, we can't do that with you. You're, you're, you're very highly accomplished. You're very highly educated. You're very, very well-read. You're like, listen, there's a lot to this. And uh, I really want to know how you landed on that, considering that so many of your colleagues have not. Well, I'm not uh, sure how much you're aware of my personal story, my backstory, but um, I was in special education as a kid and um, grew up with very little expectations for any anything for me. I had a severe auditory uh, disability, auditory processing disability, and they thought I was really stupid. And I decided in ninth grade, I was kept in special education until ninth grade, and I just, I took myself out. I was like the only one, probably the history of that school district, um, to, to just, for the student themselves to just say, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Um, and yeah, it was just, I signed up for so many things to see what I was capable of. I mean, I was talking to my dad last night and he's just like, we were just reflecting on my life and he's like, and this is a quote from my dad. I'm not you know, saying this myself, but he said, he said, how did you go from like, like no one, like you didn't show any potential to like, that you're a genius. <laughs> like you PhD from Yale, like Cambridge university scholarship, like, how did that happen? And uh, I was like, I don't know. I think the biggest thing is that at one point I just started to believe in myself and uh, it just changed everything. I don't know. It's so incredible. So, I mean, I, that's why I try to really just devote my whole life to literally unlocking the human potential in everyone because I know it's there. Not to get too sciencey, but I, I I feel like I should interject a study just so that I sound smart in front of the <laughs> gentleman who went to Yale. But there there's a there's a very famous study, and I'm gonna butcher it as I always do on this show. But where they took two groups of kids, ones were high performers and one were low performers, but they told the teachers the opposite. So they they told the teacher that the high performers were low performers, and they told the teacher that the low performers were high performers, and then they studied to see what happened over the course of the next several weeks, and. It, 
I, surprisingly, the 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 low performers achieved. They did very very well, much higher than they'd ever done before. And the higher achievers, uh, their test scores diminished. They started doing poorly. And and studies show that yeah, if you tell a child that they cannot do it. Well, surprisingly, they can't. And if you tell a child that they can do it, they either can or, of course, get much closer. Now, uh, that that whole story was just to set up this next question, Dr. Kaufman, which is, do you believe that we should just tell kids that they could do everything and and give them the ability to try? Oh, no. No, I mean, I don't think that... uh... I, I really am a big believer in reality. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I. Uh, by the way, if you asked me if I should include truth as a criteria, I actually would. So, you know, in our earlier discussion, um, if you turn the question back on me, I, I would say I think really, uh, really deep, deep self-acceptance is absolutely essential for growth. Um, as Carl Rogers, the humanistic psychologist said, um, it's a curious paradox is once we accept ourselves, then we can change. Um, one of my favorite quotes. Um, and another reason why I love humanistic psychology. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah, so that's, I guess that's my answer. For our listeners, what is humanistic psychology? Um, it can be really defined as trying to understand what makes you feel most creative, alive and, uh, and, uh, fulfilled in life. I think everybody wants to be fulfilled in life. Now, if we get back on to to students just for a moment and, and connecting this to your personal story. Gabe Howard here to tell you about the Inside Bipolar podcast from Healthline Media. He does the show with me, Dr. Nicole Washington, a board certified psychiatrist. That's right. A guy living with bipolar and a psychiatrist team up to discuss living well with bipolar disorder. Listen now on your favorite podcast player or visit psychcentral.com slash IBP to learn more. Subscribe now so you don't miss out. And we're back with the host of the Psychology Podcast, Dr. Scott Barry Kaufman. Uh, you have said that the key to making the world a better place is to let all kids be recognized for their unique potential. Honestly, before I read that quote and 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 started listening to you, I thought we were already doing this. Are are we are we handicapping children in our school system and not letting them realize their potentials? Yeah, I, I would say I would say we've designed educational structures to intentionally, well, even if not intentionally, but it, to. To certainly do that, yes, we're, we're killing potential. How do we get around it? How do we fix it? I, I don't even think many people, and I'm, I'm, I'm including myself in this. I, I'm, I'm not trying to throw parents under the bus anywhere, but I, I think many people believe that children are out there learning and exploring, so they can figure out what they want to do with the rest of our lives. And of course, we're all Americans, so we all have the right to pursue happiness, and and therefore we're all out there doing it. And then to hear that, well, actually, no, we're like. We're like just really pigeonholing our children. And now I'm really concerned. So I'm not sure what the fix is. There's no quick fix. I think that it requires a restructuring and reframing of school. Um, so I think a lot of it is changing the framing and the culture of the school and and training everyone in the entire school district on the latest science of human potential and uh, methods and techniques to um, unlock their potential and to do strength spotting and that sort of thing. 
I really like what you said about how there's no quick fix, that we need to be aware of it. We need to make some changes. Society has to change. We have to evolve. And There are so many basic human needs that are just falling by the wayside in our education system. It's, it's like we think they check in at the door. It's basically we tell kids to check in in the door as non-human. Can't never quite put it that way. But, but that's almost what it's like. It's like they're like, leave your humanity at the door. <laughs> um, all, the only purpose you are here is to is for learning and demonstrating um, that you're better than your peer. Your your your. It's a call. It's all one big competition. You know who can score better than someone else on a standardized test. Um, but that's not human. That and that also you know the need for connection. It, what that doesn't matter. The need for um, self-esteem, what that, that doesn't matter, a need for purpose or creativity or, um, forgiving for, to others. I mean, there's so, I have a whole revised hierarchy of needs I came up with that I, I want to apply in an education system. It really sounds like you're just a big proponent in tearing it all down and starting over. It, it really seems <laughs> I'm not like... an anarchist. No, no, no. I, and I don't, I don't even mean it that way, but you know, just think of every home show that we've ever watched and they're, they're super popular, like rehab show, you know, yeah. sometimes they come in and like, Oh, it's got good bones. And there's always the, the dude with the sledgehammer, you know, like banging on the wall and talking about the studs that are inside. And, and other times you're like, look, we need to tear it down and start over, right? This, this house is a total loss and trying to rehab it would just cost more money to, to draw an analogy that you know, the, the audience can really understand you're, you're not saying that the lot is bad. The land is bad. The people who live here are bad. You're, you're just saying that, Hey, we'd be better off tearing this down and rebuilding it from a better place. And it'd be a more stable, safer structure. It, it sounds like you don't see a lot of, uh, a lot worth rehabbing in the current educational system. And you, you're really more of a proponent of rebuilding it from the ground up so that can be, you know, bigger, taller, faster, stronger. I think that's true. Um, I, am not, I, I guess I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a radical. I know maybe it's, maybe I'm sounding more radical than I am, but I, I, I'm a real, like, you know, I, I think that we need to not, uh, get too crazy. <laughs> there are, there are like, <laughs> I mean, look, a lot of progressives drive me nuts, you know, to be honest, I'm saying the ones that are like radically progressive, you know, like, um, you know what? Learning doesn't matter. All that matters is play. And I'm like, well, okay, like, <laughs> I think play and learning both matter, you know? Um, so I think that uh, what we can do is take a lot of the, you know, good principles of what, what is good teaching, good teaching, um, and, and, and make that part of this overarching vision. We certainly want them to learn how to think critically. I think that there's a great potential in schools for teaching children more how to think than what to think. And, uh, and, 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 and integrate that with their own self-actualizing potential. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to completely burn it all down and, and rebuild, but, um, definitely, uh, definitely change the, uh, the, if not the, uh, yeah, change the foundation, I would say let's change the foundation of the structure. I, I think you've just illustrated this idea of how people think, right? Because when I said, Hey, do you want to knock it all down and start over? You were like, Oh, well, I'm not a radical, but when the when the contractor says, "Hey, this house is, un, is unsafe, and your your best bet is to knock it all down and start it over," you're like, "Oh, well, they made a good decision," and 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 I do the same thing, right? When I hear mm. somebody say, "I want to get rid of this and put something else in place," I'm like, "Ooh, that's maybe too far." But the right answer is the right answer is the right answer. If the educational yeah. system is not working, and and, and you know, anxiety rates are up, uh, suicide rates are up, you know, children are 
suffering mental health wise more today than at any other place in history. Mm. And you say, Hey, maybe the educational system needs massive reform. Maybe we need to start over. And somebody's like, look, let's not be a radical about this. Well, but the outcome is pretty radical. Uh, you know, higher suicide rates, higher anxiety rates, you know, suffering, mental illness, mental health issues, et cetera. Just the, the, the outcomes are, they're pretty scary. Uh, I, I don't know that I would want to be a kid in, in today's age. And, and I didn't do so well in the eighties when I was a kid. So I don't know. It, it, it's tough. It, it's tough how people perceive the idea of starting over as if it's inherently bad. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that. You know, I think that uh, that's a that's a really good point. I, and I certainly, uh, I don't want to go back to uh, childhood, um, and, and especially. <laughs> I mean, um, man, it must be so tough, especially during the pandemic era. Um, we're living such a we're living in a time of human history that's there, there's an unrest. Um, it's it's cyclical. You see it all throughout the course of human history, and that's where we're at. Right, we happen to find ourselves right now is at this big turning point. And uh, there's a big cultural war that just won't shut up on Twitter. <laughs> it's like people are obsessed, you know, obsessed with certain issues that they don't see the uh, the greater possibilities for themselves or society. I would like to think that that is what I can offer the world, that that is my value, is being able to shine a spotlight on the higher possibilities of humans. Uh, especially during a time where there is so much of an obsessive focus on the deficiency realm of humanity. So I guess, I guess that's what I hope I'm, I can contribute to the world. Dr. Kaufman, thank you so much for spending some time with me talking about this. Before we go, do you have any last bits of advice for our listeners who want to become self-actualized, want to be more content, want to be happier, and want to lead a better life that they can put into practice just as soon as this podcast is over? Buy my book, Choose Growth. This is it has a full of exercises. I co-authored it with uh, my uh, with Jordan Feingold, a uh, former student of mine who's now a superstar uh, doctor of positive medicine. The whole book is full of exercises. So I, I'm going to end on a little plug. <laughs> I love that, yeah. and I absolutely recommend everybody checking out his podcast, the Psychology Podcast. It really is number one in the world, and. And, you know, I'm a podcaster, so you know how painful that was for me to say? <laughs> oh, thanks, Gabe. Just listen to my show first, but then, then listen to Dr. Coffin. No, you're going to be on my show. <laughs> Gabe, look, man, I'm very proud of you and what, you, what you're doing in this world. And, and I know you're helping a lot of people. And I look forward to having you on my podcast soon. So. Well, I appreciate that. I would like all my listeners to check that out. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you to all of our listeners as well. My name is Gabe Howard, and I'm an award-winning public speaker who could be available for your next event. And I'm also the author of Mental Illness is an Asshole and Other Observations, which is on Amazon, or you can grab a signed copy with free show swag or learn more about me by heading over to GabeHoward.com. Wherever you downloaded this episode, please follow or subscribe to the show. It is absolutely free. And hey, do me a favor, recommend the show, put it on social media, send an email, mention it in a support group, share it at work. Hell, send a text because sharing the show is how we grow. I will see everybody next Thursday on Inside Mental Health. You've been listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast from Healthline Media. Have a topic or guest suggestion? Email us at show at psychcentral.com. 
Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show or on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening.